Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be kind one to another. The Scriptures tell us here that this is in the imperative. Whenever the Bible tells us something in the imperative, it is a command for us as New Testament believers. Uh, notice that Paul says here, we are to be kind one to another. Uh, think about this for a moment, that if believers in Jesus Christ can't be kind to one another and kind to those around them, uh, then we are miserably failing at what Christ uh, has done in our hearts at salvation. So he says, be kind one to another. Then the writer of the text here goes on to say this. He said, tender-hearted. That speaks of being full of compassion. It speaks about not only being kind to others and to one another, uh, but being full of compassion. And then he goes on again, and the imperative is, he says, forgiving one another. You see, preacher, you're going to touch on some difficult things. Yes, I am, because we all struggle with the sin of the lack of forgiveness in our life toward one another and toward others as Christians. Be kind, be tenderhearted, and forgive one another. In other words, Paul tells us in this passage that we must display spiritual graces instead of soul-destroying grudges, which is often the case in our lives as believers, we like to hold grudges, and the Bible tells us that if we do that, there's a root of bitterness within us that will continue to uh, deepen and deepen and deepen. And folks, that many times uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, we need to be awakened to the fact that we should not Ha allow and have these soul-destroying grudges which turn into bitterness, which turn into anger and wrath and malice and many times evil speaking and all the things we talked about last week that are characteristic of the old man, of the old man who died with Jesus Christ, but we are to put on the new man daily and throughout the day which is created in Christ Jesus. They're not to be characteristic of our life. Either we get better and allow God to bring healing to us or we get bitter. And many Christians are living in bitterness today when it comes to the area of forgiveness and forgiving one another. And we want to look at that uh, this morning is that growing spiritually in 2021 requires that we grow in forgiveness towards others. You say, well, preacher, you don't understand what so-and-so did to me. You don't understand what so-and-so said to me. No, I don't have to understand that. Uh, we know what we did to our Lord Jesus Christ and what we have done to God. And we're guilty. And as sinners, Jesus hung on the cross for my sins, for your sins. Jesus hung on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And Jesus could say uh, one of those seven cries from the cross. Jesus could say on his lips as he had been crucified and nailed to that cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The heart and love of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, our Savior, ought to be the example for you and I in our lives when people wrong us. When people offend us, when people hurt us, you say, well, pre preacher, you don't understand this morning how deep these wounds are. No, but our God does because he understands the sin that that put his son, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. 
that nailed our Savior to the cross. It was my sin. It was your sin. It was the sins of the whole world that nailed Jesus to the cross. And Jesus could hang there in love and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I want you to take your Bible, keep your place here with me in Ephesians 4, uh, 32. Mark that somehow. But I want to look further into Colossians chapter 2 for a moment, verses 13 to 15. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. When it comes to this area of forgiveness, we need to remember how great the forgiveness of God and our sins are in the sight of God. How great that forgiveness is. What debt we had when it came to our sin. The sin debt that could never just fade away, that could never just be uh, uh, wiped away by a whitewash of some kind. You know, when you think about the fact of, of how much salt and how much brine and how much uh, filth and from the snow was on our cars. And, and uh, I don't know about your car, but it's eaten through my car from the bottom up. And uh, uh, we had that nice day last week and, and I took the cars down and was able to spray them off trying to get some of that salt off because if you don't get it off of there, it starts to eat through your car. No matter what kind of metal it's made out of, no matter what kind of rust proofing you have, it will eventually eat through. And so when we look at that, when we look at the fact that no sin can be whitewashed, it can't just be sprayed off. It's deeper than that. The sin in our hearts was so deep that it took the love and the forgiveness of God in Christ Jesus and His shed blood, His perfect blood, to pay and to wash away our sins. It can't just be swept under the rug. And so we had a great debt, but we could never pay that debt. It was paid at Calvary, folks. And Colossians 2 verses 13 to 15 say this, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Underline that phrase, if you will, if you mark in your Bible, underline that, that he has forgiven us all trespasses. All trespasses. Our God says, I know exactly what you've done. I know exactly the sins that you have committed. And I love you. And I am sending my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and to pay a debt you could never pay. To pay a debt that could never be just sprayed off or washed away or whitewashed. Uh, with bleach or anything else. It can never be cleaned with the greatest cleaner on this earth. It took the pure, the spotless uh, blood of Jesus Christ to pay for our sin. And He says, I've forgiven you all your trespasses. All of them. God said they've been cleansed. They've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. He says in verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. God says, I know what you've done, but it took the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive you all your trespasses. Why? Because they were nailed to the cross that Jesus hung upon. The Bible says that Jesus bore in His body our sins there upon the tree out of love for you and I. 
So why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard for us? If God has forgiven us all of our trespasses, why is it so hard for us as believers in Jesus Christ, as Bible-believing Christians, to forgive others? Because that old man is resurrected so many times that we say, you don't understand. This person did this to me, said this to me, and I'm going to get them back. And many times we in the flesh in our own sin, in our own selfishness, we say, I am going to get this person back. And, and you have done it, I have done it. We need to be honest with God and honest with each other that we don't forgive others. We don't forgive one another as brothers and sisters in Christ seated right here. And we definitely don't forgive those who are lost and hate us for the very sake of Jesus Christ who lives within us and, and lives in our lives and that we testify of Him, that we don't forgive others as we should. But we need to remember the trespasses that all of our sins have been forgiven. We need to remember the things that God has forgiven us of and it should put into perspective in our life how great it is for us to forgive others when they wrong us. If we cannot forgive others for the wrong that they have done us, the Bible says God will not forgive us. Think about that for a moment. Matthew chapter 6, verses 12 uh, and verses 14 to 15. Let's go there for a moment. Matthew 6, verses 12 and then verse 14 and 15. The Bible tells us if we can't forgive others the wrong that they have done us, then God says, I'm not going to forgive you. What does that mean? Well, I know this is a, a news flash, but the moment we got saved, Jesus forgave all of our sins, past, present, and future. But we have fellowship broken with God as a believer in Jesus Christ when we sin daily as a believer, as a child of God, as a blood-bought saint. We continue to sin. And if you ever meet a Christian who has stopped sinning, uh, stay away from that person because uh, they sinned in telling you that they stopped sinning uh, at a, per, a, 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 a particular time in their life. And that was a lie because they, they told a lie by saying that they no longer sin. And so that is a sin in and of itself is that uh, you and I are not going to stop sinning until we see Jesus face to face and we see our Lord and Savior and we are given a glorified body that is perfect like unto His body, that's when we stop sinning. But as long as we are in this flesh, as long as we have this old nature, as long as we allow this old man to resurrect himself and, 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 and to bring his head to the surface, we are going to sin. And the Bible says that we are going to offend one another. It may not be on purpose, but I'm sure that in being here almost a year now, I might have offended you. I'm, Maybe by something I have said. Now, if it's the preaching that offended you from the Word of God, then so be it. Get your heart right with God. But if it's something personally that uh, the, the, you know, I have done in my attitude or in my actions towards you, I didn't mean to offend you, but maybe I did. The Bible says we need to forgive one another. And if we cannot forgive one another for the wrong that they have done to us or offending us, God will not forgive us. Matthew chapter 6, and the Bible says in verse 12 here, these words... And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is the pattern prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, set as an example for us. And 
Jesus in this pattern prayer, it's not a prayer that is to be rehearsed as some folks chant that prayer uh, in their services religiously. And, and it's not a prayer that is to be said in that way. It is a pattern. We pray to our Heavenly Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray, uh, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we thank God uh, for the provision that he has given to us and give us this day our daily bread. And in verse 12, it says that we in our prayer time and approaching the throne of God should pray and Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Those whom we've offended and Lord, we as well uh, forgive those who've offended us. God says, I can't give you forgiveness and restore fellowship with you in your walk with me if you can't forgive others. Simple in point. I don't believe God hears the prayers of any believer in Jesus Christ that is out of fellowship with Him if they cannot forgive those who've offended them. We go around and we just get bitter. We carry a grudge. Many times we carry these burdens around and we think, oh boy, if this person wouldn't have said this or done this to me, I'd still be in, in fellowship with God. No, it has nothing to do with that. Is Your walk with God is based on how you and I live before Him, not based on how others live before Him. Don't blame it on someone else because you're not right with God. Don't blame it on someone else because you're not in church and you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying the way that you should. Don't blame it on someone else. Don't blame it on the preacher, by the way. As I'm just here to encourage you uh, to live for Christ and to grow in the Word of God, but it's not my responsibility uh, to, to make you live for Jesus Christ. That is your decision. I can only lead you to how you should be uh, reading the Word of God and praying and spending time in fellowship with God and how we should be conducting our lives and walking in the Spirit in accordance with the Word of God is I can't make you be in fellowship with God and serve Jesus Christ. Only God can do that in your life. So don't blame someone else for how you're living or how you're not living in your walk with Jesus Christ. But if we will not forgive others, God says that He will not forgive us. Verse 14 and 15, for if you forgive uh, men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Why? Because there's a grudge there. There's bitterness there. And this will eat your life up like, folks, we've been talking about today, like a disease. It will eat our life. It is so... Uh, 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 so deadly that many Christians do not see the impact of unforgiveness in their life towards other people, towards other Christians, towards those who are lost and hate the name of Jesus Christ, that if we do not forgive folks their debts that they have uh, 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 committed unto us in, a, in an offense in any way, maybe it was something they said, maybe it was an unkind word. And we do this many times daily and don't realize it, that words cannot be taken back. You know, the little saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, is a lie. It's a lie from the devil that those things cannot be taken back. Those harsh statements, those uh, degrading comments of, of putting someone else down, 
It's not that we 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 are uh, uh, not trying to guide someone. You know, when you think about your children, and I think about this and the relationship that sometimes uh, that we lack to have with our children as parents. I think about the fact that sometimes mom and dads can say things that are hurtful, that are harmful, that will destroy uh, the character and the 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 uh, the life of that child by their very words. So we need to be careful about the offenses that we commit unto others because we are committing them unto God. And when we sin against God, we need to get right with God. But folks, think about it. Someone may have hurt you at work. Someone may have lied about you at work. You need to forgive them. Remember, Christ has forgiven you and I a great debt. And we need not to agree with that sin, but we should not expect that forgiveness only comes when that person puts things right. Realize some people never put things right with God or with, uh, with men in this life. They never do. So don't expect it. Don't require it before you forgive. As you and I get right with God and you and I have a right walk with God and forgive that individual and move on because if we don't, it will harbor a grudge. It will cause a root of bitterness that will be there that will turn into something else that will eat you and I up like a disease. If we cannot forgive others, God says, for the wrongs that they have done to us, for the debts that they may owe us, God will not forgive us. Understand this. The Lord said this, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Understand this, there's a payday coming someday. God's going to take those wrongs and God is going to set things straight. God's going to set the record straight. You say, well, preacher, uh, I don't understand how a person could get so hurt and how a person could be so wronged in this life. It doesn't matter, folks. Our Lord and Savior said that vengeance belongs to him. He's going to set the record straight and there is a payday coming. Mark it down for those who have done evil in this world, those who have done wickedness in this world, those who have wronged in this world. Jesus is going to set the record straight one day. He's a good record keeper. Mark it down. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that we sweep sin under the rug. That doesn't mean that we don't stand upon the truth of the Word of God. That simply means that when someone has offended us or wronged us, that we can forgive them out of a heart of love because Christ has forgiven us a great debt. The debt of our sin. And He's forgiven us all trespasses. No forgiveness. Our Lord says... Don't expect forgiveness on the part of yourself. God doesn't hear those kind of prayers. Oh, we can get in our prayer closet and pray for hours, but if we can't forgive our brother and sister in Christ for the things that they said to us, for the things that they may have done to us, for the offenses that they may have committed against us, if we can't forgive someone who is outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe it's a past marriage, maybe it's a, a child that, that you raised for the Lord and tried to teach them right, and they turned their back on God. If we can't forgive them, God says don't expect forgiveness or for me to hear your prayer prayers because we need to be in a right standing with God and in fellowship with him in order to be on praying ground Peter went to the Lord and 
Matthew chapter 18, in this wonderful passage here, Peter comes to the Lord. Peter, the spokesperson all the time for uh, the disciples, and at least Peter was willing to open his mouth and to speak, and Christ gives him an answer. Is it in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21, the Bible says this, and then came Peter to him, that's Peter coming to Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. See, Peter, although we are hard on him at many times, Peter's just like you and I. Peter says, Lord, you don't understand. Those uh, who are my brother and who are my sister and, and those who are supposed to be serving with me are offending me, Lord. And he says, they're sinning against me. And he says, I want to know how often do I need to forgive them, Lord, till seven times? Jesus said, no. No, Peter. Not till seven times, Jesus says, I say uh, not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. And there, uh, what is put into the Greek, if you go back and look at it, it is, by the way, it is a daily thing. If you're going to add those numbers up, folks, you're never going to get to them. Because in the Greek, it is speaking of a continual on and on and on. When you look at it, how it's spoken in the language there that God gave it. And that's daily, by the way, for one person. How oft, Lord, shall I forgive my brother who has offended me, who sinned against me? And Jesus said, no, Peter, not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. It's never ending, Peter, as you forgive, because remember the debt, Peter, that you have been forgiven. Remember the sin that you have been forgiven, that you committed against me and, and, and against, uh, <clears throat> against me in a way that I've forgiven you this great debt, Peter. You can forgive others because of that great debt that you've been forgiven. No forgiveness if we do not forgive. Bitterness in a heart of a Christian will eat at them, will decay their life and their walk with God in such a way that it will cause you and I to be so distant from God we'll no longer recognize how far we really are from Him. How often do we forgive our brother or sister daily? Jesus said until 70 times 7. You want to keep a record? You might as well just forget about it, Christian, because people are going to offend one another. You're going to offend others. I'm going to offend others. You're going to offend me at some point in time. Maybe not on purpose, and I'm going to offend you at some point in time. And the Bible says there's a way to deal with that, by the way. It's called going to that person if we feel that it was an issue that was strong enough to be brought up. If our a brother or sister has offended us in a way, we need to go talk to them between us and them. That's what the Bible says. And if they neglect to hear you, the Bible says, take two or three witnesses with you. That is the matter of church discipline. And if churches would just follow that, uh, we wouldn't have the infighting. We wouldn't have the problems. We wouldn't have the sin that is undealt with in the church. If we just obeyed what the Bible says here to go to a brother in private and tell them, hey, you may not understand this, but this really hurt me. 
this really offended me, this thing that you did. And if it was a, a matter that was enough for us to bring that up, uh, then we should go to that person, not go gossip about them. You see, that's the problem sometimes is that we go tell everybody else, hey, I got a prayer request for you. Did you hear what so-and-so said about me? Did you hear what so-and-so did about me? And we go gossip to that person and spread it around them. And before you know it, it's all around the church and everybody's saying, did you hear what so-and-so did or what so-and-so said instead of going to the individual? That would deal with a lot of the problems that we have as Christians. That would deal with a lot of the problems that we have in our own family between husbands and wives, between moms and dads and their children, between children and their parents, between brothers and sisters in their family, between sisters uh, who can't get along together because they're harboring bitterness or a grudge uh, toward their other sister or brother toward his other brother, uh, is that they would just... Practice forgiveness the way Christ has said it would deal and it would cover, as the Bible says, a multitude of sins. Boy, how we need to get back to the Bible. Some folks are bitter at our government today. Some people are still bitter over the elections. You know, I got over that <laughs> the day after, I mean, that I really understood that uh, President Biden was our president. I got over it because I understand something that uh, that even if there was some kind of tomfoolery going on uh, with the elections, I understand that my God is bigger, my God is greater, uh, my God is more powerful, that He's still on His throne, and that He fully knows what's going on, and that God will sort things out if there was any kind of uh, 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 fishy stuff going on there, that my God will set the record straight one day. But for right now, I pray for our president. I pray for our uh, vice president. I pray for our world leaders. If you want to be in their spot, go right ahead and run for office, folks. But I'm going to pray for the people who are there and pray that God will get a hold of their hearts and pray that God will work in their life and save them and pray that God will bring revival to America and pray that God's going to work through this. Because He's bigger and greater and mightier and stronger. He is the Almighty God and He is on His throne today and He knows fully well what's going on and God said that we need to forgive and live in an attitude of forgiveness. Be kind. Boy, it's hard to be kind when folks are being angry and vicious like wolves. It's hard to be kind and tender-hearted and have a heart of compassion when folks are, are firing at you and, and the devil is sending those fiery darts of, of slander at you and I. It's hard to be kind and show the love of Jesus Christ. But as we, as we heard in the song, that uh, we, we ought to pray and aspire that we want to be like the Lord because He is our example, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see that example in others, we are to follow that example and we are to live with that example in our world today it is possible to be kind and to be compassionate to be tender-hearted but when the flesh takes over it is impossible when we step out of the control and out from under the control and the guidance and the direction and the leadership of the holy spirit in our life we have stepped into the flesh and the bible says when we step into the flesh things are not going to be pretty is we are going to sin and we are going to cause others to sin in that uh, disobedience to Christ. Be kind. When folks are 
are spreading lies about people, walk the other way. You know what I always did? And this was uh, when I remember when there was a situation where folks were were slandering my, my pastor. And I wasn't a preacher at that time. I mean, maybe I was doing ministry in a nursing home or something like that. But I, I wasn't an ordained uh, preacher. I wasn't, and it, it, not that that means anything, but folks, sometimes I would hear things. And I remember a couple had us over to their house one time and, and there was another couple there and we were having great fellowship. And then at the end of the meal, they started talking negative about the preacher. And I thought, this isn't right. And Missy and I sat there and looked at each other and just thought, what in the world? And uh, they start saying, you know what preacher said and you know what preacher did? And before the conversation got into another paragraph, I said, hold on a second, fellas. I said, I've got preacher's number here, uh, right here. I said, do you want to call him right now and talk about this? You know what? That shut everything up. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get Missy and I on their side or to have us put some uh, input, some negativism into that, uh, some slander into that is I'd never heard of this before, but I knew that there was one person that wasn't there present at that conversation and that they were talking bad. They were talking hateful. They were talking slander about my preacher. And I said, I've got his number right here. Let's call him or let's go talk to him right now. He just lives right down the road. He's only about 15, 20 minutes from here. Let's get in the car and go talk to pastor. And they both shut their mouth. You know that those two fellows were trying to get a group together, a coup together in the church uh, to split that church. And thank God that God protected the church from that, that, uh, that folks were realizing, hey, there's something not right here. These two fellows are, are just stirring up the devil in this church and that they ended up leaving, but not without a fight. But I'll tell you what, in that little gossip session, that put a stop to it right there because the love of God in Christ Jesus does not allow another Christian to slander another Christian before Jesus Christ, to slander their character, to slander their integrity, to slander their walk with Jesus Christ. Be kind, be tenderhearted, and forgive one another. We must display spiritual graces instead of soul-destroying grudges. Too many Christians are allowing grudges and bitterness and anger and wrath and malice and evil speaking to be part of their normal life and still call themselves a Christian. Paul knew what it was like to be slandered. Paul knew what it was like to have people speak evil about him. And Paul knew what it was like to be taken outside the city and beaten and stoned and left for dead and for God to have to resurrect him. Paul knew what it was like for other believers and even other preachers and even other people in the churches to slander him and to bicker and to bite and to gossip about him. But I want to assure you that Paul dealt with it with a heart of love, with a heart of kindness, with love and compassion toward those folks, and Paul knew how to forgive. Because Paul realized he was forgiven a great debt, and that that great debt he could never repay, that he was thankful that his Lord Jesus Christ had hung on a tree and shed his blood for his sin, and Paul realized others needed to see that love of God in his own life. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells us a little bit about the slander, the gossip, the evil that was going on. And, and Paul recalls this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. He says, For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. 
Paul said, Demas, who had once stood with me, Demas, who had once been a fellow helper to the faith, who had once served the Lord Jesus Christ, has forsaken me. Paul knew what it was like to have folks turn their back on the Lord and walk away from Him and walk away from uh, the service of Jesus Christ. He said that he loved this present world. But Paul knew what it was like to forgive. Paul knew what it was like to be kind and compassionate and to forgive others. And then notice on further in the text, and Paul talks about in verse 14, those who sought evil against him. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. There's Paul's heart, a heart of love, a heart of compassion. And Paul realizes who's going to deal with the wickedness and the evil in this world one day that uh, Alexander the coppersmith did unto him. He said the Lord's going to reward him. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he says in verse 15, Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notice this in verse 17, Notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul said, the Lord, the Lord Jesus, is going to take care of those who work evil against Him and against His servants. Jesus said that it shouldn't shock us, folks, it shouldn't alarm us that people hate us. Because if they hate us, they don't really hate Jim Mitchell. They don't really hate you as a believer in Jesus Christ. This is for doing right. This is for standing on the truth. Is they really hate our Savior, Jesus. And Jesus said, don't be alarmed. Because they first hated me, that's why they hate you. But Paul understood this and Paul said, no one else at seen was standing with me in those lonely times, in those slanderous times, in those times where Alexander the coppersmith and those who hated the cause of Jesus Christ did me much evil, but the Lord reward them according to their works. And it's the Lord that stands with me, and it seems no one else is. It's the Lord that delivered me from every evil work and will preserve me into His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In those times where Paul just went into a city and told them, hey, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus died for you, and Jesus rose from the dead, and He is the only Savior of the world. And they're like, kill that man. Kill him. Stone him. Bring him out into the arena. And let the lions just tear him to pieces. Make sport of him for telling people about the love of Jesus. Why? Because they hated Paul's Christ. They didn't really hate Paul. They hated Paul's Jesus. And I'm going to tell you today that if you're going to be a genuine Bible-believing Christian who is a blood-bought saint and child of God in this world and stand upon the Word of God today, people are going to hate you because they hate your Savior. But we need to be kind to them. We need to be full of compassion have a tender heart and forgive them. 
Because if we cannot forgive them, folks, when we have been forgiven a great debt and display these spiritual graces instead of soul-destroying grudges, we're never going to move forward spiritually in our Christian walk. We're never going to grow spiritually. Remember the week before I said, write down the name of a person or somebody, or maybe it's several people that you're having trouble forgiving. I've got those names in my heart. And anytime you and I want to bring up and lick those wounds and start talking about, you know what so-and-so did? Do you know what this person said about me? Do you know what they did to my family? Do you know what they did to my child? Do you know how they hurt them? Whenever we start bringing those wounds and opening them back up and licking those wounds again, we have entered into a place of a grudge, a root of bitterness is bringing its head up again. Because we've not really forgiven. There's nothing wrong with thanking God for what He has taught us through those experiences, but to go over them continually and get so bitter like the world does that we can no longer live in a way that we are displaying kindness. Jesus Love, folks, even though he was nailed to a tree for nothing that he did in and of himself, but love others. Jesus hung there for us. He committed no sin. He did no crime. He was hanging there because he loved us. And yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. doesn't matter what that person or those individuals did or said to you and I. We need to forgive them. That means that we forgive them out of a heart of love and compassion, knowing that God forgave us a great debt, that God wants them to be saved if they're not a child of God. When the world looks at us and they see unforgiveness, they see bitterness, they see a grudge, you know what they think? That person's no different than me. The person, the person hasn't experienced anything in their life. They might talk about Jesus. They might say that they know Jesus Christ. They might go to church, but they're no different than me. They have the same bitterness, the same heart that is full of hate and wrath and anger and malice and evil speaking that I do. They're no different because they cannot forgive. The world sees it, folks. But when they see the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ being displayed among Christians one to another and among Christians to this lost world, it is the greatest display of the love of God toward man and Jesus Christ for them that they will ever see is Christians practicing forgiveness in their own lives one to another and among their neighbors, those who know not Christ. It's easy to love folks who love you, isn't it? Very hard to love folks who hate you, who want to kill you. You say, oh, is there really anybody that wants to kill a Christian in America? Most definitely. If you're going to live for God in your workplace, there's going to be people who want to see nothing more than you dead. They don't want you there because you're bucking against the unholiness, the ungodliness that's there. You're bucking against the unrighteousness. Is God is making ways with your life against the wickedness that is in that place. And they hate it because they hate your Lord. In your home, the devil wants nothing more than to destroy your relationship with your husband, wives, husbands and wives with one another and children with their parents. The devil wants to destroy our homes. 
as people of God. He wants to destroy relationships between brothers and sisters and sisters with one another and brothers with one another. And he wants to destroy this church, by the way. So mark it down is that the devil would love nothing more than to see this church close its doors and disperse its land and be just taken up as real estate. You see it all over this country. He knows what he's doing. A lot of times that starts with a root of bitterness, with unkindness, with folks who are so full of themselves and so full of sin who call themselves Christian, they have no compassion. So full of unforgiveness that they can't forgive one another, let alone forgive those who hate the cause of Jesus Christ and know not Christ. And therefore, ceasing to display spiritual graces and only showing soul-destroying grudges. Don't be a Christian like that. Be a Christian that can forgive and move on. It's God who brings healing to those wounds. Let Him bring that healing by forgiving. Lord, I give this to You. I don't understand this. This is hurt. And Lord, these things that have been said or done, Lord, I, I don't understand why folks have said these. I don't understand why everyone at work, it seems, is coming at me. And, and, and I don't understand why it seems that my family has, has turned against me and, and that, that they're saying things about me that are, that are untrue. But Lord, You know. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to forgive them. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing to these wounds. Yes, it hurts when folks are slandering you. Yes, it hurts when, when folks are, are saying things that are hurtful to your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. Yes, it hurts when folks say something about your wife. And, uh, and, and you just think, oh man... I want nothing more than, and this is in the flesh, I want nothing more than to choke that fellow or to choke that individual. I mean, that's the flesh, isn't it? Is that's how we are. Is you don't dare say a, a negative thing or a bad thing about Missy. And, 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 you know, I'm called as the head of the home to protect my family, and I will. But uh, those words, you know what? We need to leave those things go right there. If there's no physical harm coming to our wife or children and it's not time to physically protect them and, and get on the offense and protect our family or protect this church, because I'll go to bat for every one of you and this congregation in every way that I can. I'll go to bat for you on my knees and I'll go to bat for you personally. And let the Lord sort those things out. Because that's what Christ has done for us. Christ has forgiven us. And with that forgiveness, Jesus said, I know what you've done, but in love, I forgive you. And that's how we came to Christ and got saved. That's what we need to show to others who were lost. Show a heart and spirit of kindness, of compassion towards others by forgiving them and by forgetting. It's hard to forget because the old devil brings it up again and again. He, he does sometimes daily and the devil thinks, Think about it, Jim. Think what that person did, what they said about you. And I'll start saying, oh, yeah, I know. And I'll start recalling that. And I'll start uh, talking about that thing again. And the devil's got me right where he wants me. A spirit and heart of unforgiveness. I have to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive my heart. Lord, forgive my sin. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess if we agree with God about our sin. 
A root of bitterness, a grudge, will eat like a canker away at your soul and my soul. Don't let it get right with God. Move on from that thing that happened and allow God to bless your life again as we grow in Christ spiritually in 2021 by forgiving. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of the day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the encouragement that you provide that we can be like our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, as we saw in the scriptures of having a heart of kindness, a heart of compassion. Lord, you showed us the way by your earthly life and by the compassion and love that you've shown to others. Lord, you did not excuse sin, but you showed us what it is like to forgive others who have wronged you. We thank and praise you for this. Help us to have a heart of forgiveness, a heart of love to show this world that there is a Savior, that his name is Jesus Christ, that only forgiveness of sins is found in a relationship with him. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.